You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. So, I have a question. Have you ever wanted to get into comics, but you just didn't know where to start? Well, welcome to Comics Quest. I'm JD Martin, and every week I sit down with a guest to talk a comic that I think anybody can pick up and start their comics reading journey. We take a look at psychedelic sci-fi, fantastical action, heart-wrenching love stories, and of course, superheroes. So check us out at certainpov.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay. You know, WebMD is like thinks it's in an episode of House every time you play something. <laughs> One hundred percent. It's like it could it could be any one of these seven terrible life altering things. We're gonna treat them all at the same time. Yep. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Geeks Watch! Yay! <laughs> yeah! Now it's Mitch's job to do the intros for people because I did the opener. That's right, because I'm Mitch. And I'm here every week with Elizabeth. Hello. And Jessica. Hi. And John. <laughs> Hi. And the incredibly spastic Stephen. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> we are starting a brand new show on The Geeks Watch. We are talking about... Why the Last Man? It is found on FX on Hulu, I believe. I don't yeah, know why it's is on regular FX because they dropped three episodes. That's mm. fair. And that would be a lot for one night of television because they're an hour apiece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one hour with commercials. Uh, we only watched the first episode. So we are <gasps> going to be taking this show. Oh, wait. Did you all watch three episodes? I thought we yes. all said we would watch the three episodes. You said you couldn't, you didn't have enough time to watch three episodes. I said, I think I'll manage. <laughs> and Steven didn't say anything on the. On the- <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, I go with whatever the crowd decides. <laughs> well, we only watched one, so we're going to talk Alrighty about it. Alrighty then. Everybody else oh, gets man. a reprieve next week. Way to go. <laughs> this is interesting because after the first episode, well, I had already watched the first episode and I had to watch the next two. After the first episode, Naima joined me. Uh, and what I said to her was basically that the whole first episode is just set up stuff yeah. that is as good told in like a recap before an episode, mm-hmm. even before I saw a recap before the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. So we get a recap next episode. We do get a recap Apparently. next episode. <laughs> and we'll have to hopefully, uh, I mean, we could talk about the first three episodes and you and I will just be out of luck. Whatever. Nah, there's there's so much in the the next two. So much happens in the next two. (laughs) Okay, so then we'll wait. (laughs) But as always, before we get into our brand new show, we're going to talk about our week's watch. And Elizabeth does not have anything to talk about this week. (laughs) Zero. She is too busy to talk to watch anything. I barely got her to watch the one episode of this show. (laughs) That was legitimately all I could fit in. So why don't you take this moment to talk about? What's happening on Love of Pages? So, Love of Pages, I actually don't know what we're getting ready to put out this week. Because Part I two remember. of the last one. Part two of Bug? Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. No. No, no it's yes. before Bug. 
My goodness. Okay. <laughs> listen, the epi- their episodes have come out on Love Pages, and you should go listen to them. The last like, three things that we did were what, Elizabeth? <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know. No, wait. I can Rebel do this. Queen. I can Rebel Queen. Rebel That's Queen, what and then Bug. And uh, right now, uh, so you're getting a preview. Uh, Steven is having us read an awesome graphic novel series called Once in Future. Yeah. Which has been absorbing most of my time. Which yes. is written by. And is written by. Karen Gillen. Karen, Karen Gillen. This is the problem for me with graphic novels. Is I can't tell which of the three is writer. You, you flip artist. on the inside and it'll show it. Writer, you got Karen Gillen. Uh, colorist oh, is Tanner Von Villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the second page. Okay. So written by Karen Gillen. Illustrated by Dan Mora. Colored by Tamara Bonneville. Yeah. Lettered by Ed Dukeshire. And mm-hmm. the covers by Dan Mora. And you, well. en- you are enjoying this, this series? I am. I'm highly enjoying it. Uh, so my time has been taken up with this work. Wedding. Our upcoming <laughs> nuptials <laughs> that are fast approaching. Uh, oh, and John Oliver and Trevor Noah are back on. They started this week, but I don't actually remember what we watched for them (laughs) because I fell asleep. John Oliver is out of the void now and back on a set. And I miss the void, especially with what they did with it for the last three weeks of them being there. Having John H. Benjamin come on and talk. (laughs) And the void is basically Calcifer from Hell's Moving Castle because they Uh. animate it beautifully. It's wonderful. But yes, so he's back in the studio. Trevor Noah's back in a new studio. Uh, And he's been talking a lot about Nicki Minaj and her being in the week or the news this week. So, yeah, that's my lack of week's watch. Uh, There you go. Love of Pages is available (laughs) on our network Tuesday nights. Go check it out. There you go. Uh, John, what did you watch this week? We're switching it up. All right. Um, so I'm super excited about this week's watch because I tried to uh, finish Reminisce. Couldn't do it. I got like maybe 10 minutes further in and I'm like, God. And <laughs> there was a line that I missed the first time around when I'm like, fuck off movie, where basically they're saying now that we can see people's memories, time is a two way stream of which I am the ferryman. I'm like, nope, can't do this. So, um, coincidentally, there's a movie that's on HBO Max right now also that I was inspired to rewatch um, due to our last VHS Gems um, outing. So, we watched uh, Romancing the Stone, and I mentioned how upon rewatch now, decades later, (laughs) um, I have a completely different appreciation for the movie. I feel like it's more up my alley now than when it first came out. Yeah. Yeah. and that whole love to loathe and, you know, odd couple pairings and strange situations. Um, a conversation led into, you know, I kind of wonder what other movies I've dismissed in the past that now I might have a different appreciation for. So I watch He's Just Not That Into You. <gasps> okay. <laughs> and... Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love that one. Exactly. 
Um, so yeah, I watched that back when it first came out in theaters, I think, back in 2009. Mm. And I was not in a good place back then to really appreciate this movie. But man, had I forgotten how much of a star-studded cast this was. This mm-hmm. thing has Jennifer Aniston, Ben Affleck, Bradley Cooper, uh, Jennifer Goodwin, Justin Long, uh, a few bit parts by other characters like... Um, I was going to say, it's not quite close. Um, from Charlie's Angels, E.T., Firestarter. Yes. I don't know why I was blanking on her name. Quite close is quite really close. far off. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know why. was very far in that situation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that name was the one particular one I was blanking on. But I remember why I didn't like this movie the first time around. And that was because Bradley Cooper is just a major scumbag in that one. Um this movie kind of plays around with your expectations a bit. When, when you're first introduced to certain characters, you assume that's how they're going to be the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And he seems like he's a really nice guy at first, who's like mm-hmm. genuinely trying to do good. No, he is straight through just a total douchebag. Um, and it's the opposite for someone like Ben Affleck, who at first is like, oh, this guy's just being a jerkwad, you know, mm-hmm. not wanting to commit. No, he turns out to be one of the nicest guys in the whole movie. And he proves it at the end. It's like, look, like, if it really means that much, let's then let's go. Um, but yeah, the real, I guess, crux of the story, which this one does one of the things I kind of like in movies where it's, it's a big ensemble cast, but they don't all meet, but they are connected in ways that you wouldn't have expected. Um, Love Actually is probably one of my favorite examples of this, where it's just like this huge cast and, um, you know, God, why am I blanking on names today? Hugh Grant. That's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugh Grant doesn't meet with most of the cast, but they are connected by like one degree of separation in most cases, which is in sometimes you know unexpected ways. Um, so yeah, I really like the whole Justin Long dynamic with uh, Jennifer Goodwin, where he's basically breaking down guy psychology, which is one of my favorite pastimes to do as well. And <laughs> that that whole interaction where. You know, at first you're like, oh, well, they're obviously starting to fall for each other. And then it turns out, oh, no, like he was just being nice to you, which is usually the other way around. Usually it's the guys that fall for a girl that's just being nice to them. So this Mm -hmm. was a nice reversal of that trope. And um, yeah, then that whole thing kind of works out. I like how they talk about whatever you hear about. Oh, people oftentimes in real life. This made me realize this. I don't know why I hadn't caught this before. Your friends will give you bad relationship advice. Yeah. <laughs> Almost always. Always. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Why do we listen? Like, why do we pay attention <laughs> to people who themselves don't have good relationships? <laughs> and yet they're like, no, you should totally ask that guy out, even if he's already in a relationship. Because it's always like that situation where, oh, no, you're going to be the one that this works out for in that right. circumstance. Yeah. No. You're going to be the romance novel version of yes. this. <laughs> you no, are you're, you're not the real life. You're going to be a homewrecker basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was just a, a yeah. Like I said, it, it definitely ties into that whole, I'm seeing it with fresh eyes now. And it was a different movie altogether, even though nothing changed, I changed. And therefore my perspective on it has changed. <laughs> and I'm like, right on. Well, this is uh, enlightening. And that was my week's watch. It's uh, He's Just Not That Into You, 2009 rom-com, available on HBO Max. All right. Jessica, what did you watch this week? I watched 
an anime that's been out, I think, for over a year now on Netflix called BNA, Brand New Animal, I think is what it stands for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I already, I already texted Steven about it because I was like, Steven, <laughs> it has coloring I think you would like in it because it has that purple, yeah. purpley, orangey. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Coloring it's from my it. favorite anime studio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which apparently is, as, as Steven told me, is the same studio that's going to be doing Star Wars Visions. So I am mm-hmm. super duper excited. Like I was already super excited, but now duper excited. Like, okay. But um, uh, but BNA is about a world in which there are humans, and then there are human animal hybrid, which are like people that can shift into walking humans. I don't know anime thing. Just you just accept it, and um, <laughs> and they all live in a city. I think called Anima City, but. There you go. Just accept it. <laughs> and uh, our main character is a about to turn 18 year old girl who all of a sudden a human girl who all of a sudden becomes a beast a- beast man is what they're called. The hybrids are called beast man. And she doesn't know why um, her animal hybrid is a. She's a to- tanuki. Yeah, tanuki, tanuki, which are the cute little not raccoons, but they look like raccoons to us. <laughs> things in japan and she also has a special ability to be able to change her form a little bit to take the attributes of other animals so she can get like cheetah legs and run fast and she can even get wings later on and it's just and they don't know why but she can do it and at first i thought it was because she's a tanuki because in mythology Mm -hmm. they are shapeshifters so i was like well maybe it's because she actually is like a god or something like what was my theory but that that kind of went nowhere but <laughs> and it wasn't true but i don't know, it, i really like it it's one season it seems like it's not gonna get another season i don't know if it's based off of a manga or a light novel or what it does have an ending it's not a thousand percent satisfying but i did enjoy my time <laughs> <laughs> and I did really like it. I just, I just, I really wanted more. And it's just more that I, I, I need romance in my life. And there was a ship that didn't go anywhere. So and who, I who was, was your ship that didn't go anywhere? The main ship, the only ship there okay, could be. Okay. Yes. You don't know. Maybe you think the, the Anima City mayor lady, lady and the science person. I don't know. <laughs> I mean that would no, be I, different. But, but yeah, I, I do the, agree the though. There, there's definitely there. there's definitely some like there's a whole thing between there's her so and much. the like god guy. Yes, and you're like, there's so much here, and it's just, and then it's over, and she accepts for herself for who she is, and it's great, and you're just like, okay, but like more. <laughs> like, like, true love true love yeah i know but that's that's just <laughs> that's just me and i know it's my problem it was a good ending it all doesn't have to be romance but it was there and their writers are lying if they think otherwise <laughs> <laughs> no they, they definitely they set stuff up for ships i, I think that whole anime studio uh for studio trigger um and gynax before that yeah. they broke off like uh-huh, when they okay. when they do a thing they'll they do it intentionally they set stuff up yeah well i feel like and other i feel like it's gonna happen more often with stuff coming out that's new because because shipping is such a huge like hashtag now like i feel like you need to write some ship that's not gonna go anywhere so somebody can like argue over it on the internet like, i feel like it's just kind of like a way to make your thing trend it, 
if, if, if you want if you want another one from them uh, yeah. They did the movie Promare just uh, a couple years ago that okay. came out, and there's a big amount of that between uh, oh, no. two of the main characters. Ugh. The the one who's like a, a bigger guy who basically looks like a buff Kamina from Gurren uh-huh. Lagann, um, and yeah. then uh, the other one is Leo Fotia, who's the one that they basically made into two characters for that Star Wars Vision series. Okay. So you can basically ship those twins and Kamina. <laughs> Okay. There's a lot there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I I watched. And it was good. I highly recommend it on Netflix. And I oh I did start the um Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. I think I've watched the first three episodes. It's amazing. I love it. It's my kind of writing. It's just and Steve Martin and Martin Short, they're just, you can't go wrong when the two of them are in the same film. So, just, <laughs> or show. And, um, oh, is it Selena Gomez? Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's, I think she's doing great. And she's matching with them very well. And it's, it's fun. <laughs> she's come a long way since the Princess Protection Program. <laughs> she has. She really has. <laughs> All right, BNA brand new animals on Netflix and only murders in the building are is on on Hulu. Yes, Stephen, what did you watch this week? Naima started watching a series just at random that I walked into, and I had no idea what I was getting into. I don't know if she did either, but honestly, even if you stepped into the show Black Monday, like oh, stepped into Black watching Monday. it on purpose, I don't know if you know what you're getting into. <laughs> like so miss you you watched this series then I, I have i haven't watched the most recent season because they weren't supposed to have the most recent season the end of the last <laughs> season they filmed during the beginning of the pandemic so it seemed like very much the end of the show but mm. they decided to go on with another season and i hadn't i haven't only seen the first episode of the of the current season mm. they did a, a lot <laughs> with that new season yeah um uh no essentially the the show is a fictionalized version of um, the, just different stories from the past, uh, like from the eighties in the like the big boom right before a big crash, and you're getting a, a bunch of different stories from different people that are probably based on real people, um, but then they're dramatizing it here, adding comedy there, um, in a lot of the same kind of way that I think the show Halt and Catch Fire did except they just made this entire cast out of comedians. Hmm. Like there's practically no one on that cast that isn't known for being in funny things. Hmm. It was very weird, Uh, but it's good. It's definitely not a show you watch with anyone who's not okay with some dirty stuff and some cursing and whatnot, but it's good. (laughs) I don't know if you want to give any more substantial information than that, Mitch. I I I really enjoyed the cast like Don Cheadle, Regina mm-hmm. Hall, King. Sounds right. It's one of the two. I always yeah. forget. <laughs> and that's the joke in what was the what was the other thing that the two of them always make that joke. I think it's in Black Monday where she makes that joke all the time. Um, it, it's Hall. <laughs> so it's Regina Hall and um, uh, uh, Paul Shear. Like three of the main stars of that that show. Who, who's Paul Shear? Paul Shear is. Um, is he the guy from Party Down? No. Uh, 
No, it's the league. He's from the league. He's bald. He. Um, he oh, 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 yeah. How did he get? How did this get made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, the the one that I was con- I was most surprised by because I like him better in this than I've liked him in anything else, but also still dislike him vehemently mm-hmm. is the guy who played the boss in Party Down. So I do Jay, not like that man. Ken Marino. <laughs> Ken Marino. Yeah. It's just See, all I remember humor. that, but not Drew Barrymore. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I, uh, like I said, I, I enjoy, bil- or not billions, but, uh, black Monday, but, uh, do you like billions also? I also like billions <laughs> and I'm not caught up on that season either. Uh, I need to go back and watch it. Um, I, did you have anything else other than black Monday? No, we, we definitely watched a good chunk of random things, but nothing that I think is super substantial aside from catching that there was a. We, we rewatched Osmosis Jones because they put that on Netflix recently. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene um, right after the whole nasty pimple popping scene in there mm-hmm. where um, Osmosis Jones runs into the office uh, of the chief of police kind of guy. Yeah. And he's kind of coming in in a huff. And when they recorded the dialogue, apparently he came in and he re- refers to the character that Brandy plays mm-hmm. in the voice. Um, he comes in, he's like, Brandy, I mean, Leah. And they just used that for the movie. Wow. And it's animated with his mouth and everything. Okay. As a kid, I would not have caught that that was a thing. But as an adult, I'm like, hey. Yep. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Some things are for adults. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Black Monday is available on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, from I have two movies that I want to talk about real quick. Um, I'm surprised John didn't talk about my first movie. Malignant on HBO Max is James Wan's new horror film that came out nice. last week. It is very much every type of movie that John or James Wan has made in one movie. And it is completely out of this world. And hmm. I would say don't watch it. <laughs> I did not care for it at all. I normally don't like that Blumhouse brand of horror anyway. So, like, I don't care for um, that doll movie and Insidious. And I watched watched The Nut. I like Insidious. I watched The Nut. No, I I don't. I don't like... um, Oh, man. I don't like Patrick Owen. Was that his name? Patrick Uh, Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Yeah. (laughs) I don't blame you for that one. I just... Insidious is like a they they have that perfect scene where the lady's just describing what she's seeing and it's still like an affecting kind of scene, even though you see absolutely nothing. It's, I think that was just wonderful. It's it's ruined by the ending. It becomes a little absolutely. too hokey. That's that's why like I kind of try to look at the whole it has moments, I'll give you that. But once you see the Darth Maul demon, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> like this. Good colors though. Good colors in that scene. Yes, good, very good colors. <laughs> So yes, uh, malignant is just it's not it's it's very predictable, and then it also beca- it goes really off the rails really quick. Um, one of the things that did I did find intriguing about the movie though, and I've been we- waiting to talk to Stephen about it in the movie, which takes place in Seattle. They go on a tour of mm-hmm. underground think- Seattle. Yes, it's It's not something that I knew. Is yeah. That- the, all, the city of Seattle is built on top of an older city of Seattle. Like it, they decided, oh, this shit 
got destroyed. We're just going to build on top of it instead of fixing it. So there's the only option usually. (laughs) The first time we ever kind of like really internalized that this existed, we were in a place called Fat Shack that goes to like a, like a second, like a, like think like a basement level kind of place to get these disgusting sandwiches. They're not actually that good. They're all very dry despite what they sound like. Um, uh, but we, we went there and there's just, at the end of the bar, there were like these like doors and this very ornate kind of like, I don't know, like cheers bar wall. And this door is clearly not used. Like it's boarded up, boarded up. And I was like, why would they even put that there? It's not good aesthetically or anything. And then in my mind, I was like, wait, but there's an underground place over there right by our house in Occidental Square and this and that. Oh my God. And then I Googled it. I didn't know that the malignant happened in Seattle. It does. So... Uh, yeah, that was uh, the big the big selling point for me on that movie. Uh, the other movie I wanted to talk about is Kate on Netflix. It <laughs> is starring uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Woody Harrelson. And Mary was Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays a assassin, a hired assassin, mm. and in this she is given radioactive uh, material like she ingests it and then she only has a day to live and she is now tracking down the person that essentially gave her a death sentence and killing people left and right throughout Tokyo while she does it and it I I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I enjoyed the last Netflix female assassin movie which was Milkshake, uh, gunpowder, gunpowder milkshake. milkshake. I don't think they should have put them out so close to each other because I enjoyed this one less because I just saw the other ah Yeah, they definitely shouldn't have put them so close together, but I enjoyed this one more just because I did not enjoy the other one. Hmm. Uh, I thought Mary Elizabeth Winstead did a really good job in in Mm -hmm. her her role, and uh, the action was great. And then the the young actress, don't know her name at the moment, but she did a really good job too. Um, Miku Patricia Martinau. So, uh, once again, another... uh, assassin movie on netflix out for revenge and uh i thought it was pretty good the in this one mitch like have you ever oh john you were gonna say something uh yeah you go first nah okay well in that case um yeah so you mentioned mitch that this movie tends to go off the rails and um although i do generally enjoy that kind of thing like i said because i'm not really into that brand of horror i'll watch it eventually but i'm not it's it's not on my priority list right now oh, i well, didn't want to mention blumhouse i just want to put that out there oh okay well i mean I, I feel like it's in that style though or that mm-hmm. range of movies that class that's like, fair so there's a trailer that came out for a new Nicolas Cage movie called Prisoners of the Ghostland. Mm-hmm. If anybody hasn't seen this yet, this is what going off the rails looks like to me. <laughs> and I really, really want to see this movie like bad. Like, yeah, well, you haven't seen the the last act of Malignant, so <laughs> I, I get the trailer for Ghost of, or Prisoners of Ghostland, but. Trust me, this goes off the rails. All right. Well, I'm curious to see what that'll eventually will look like. Maybe after I force myself to finish watching Reminisce, I'll get to that one. 
I don't. How did we not lose Nicolas Cage to an overdose before all of the other actors that died this decade? I'm pretty sure he doesn't do drugs. He probably doesn't do drugs. It might just be Nicolas Cage. That's just just how he looks. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Because you like this is where he gets it out. He doesn't do the drugs, so he does it. He lives this way. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Kate. Uh, was very enjoyable. I recommend that one. I do not recommend anybody watching Malignant. Malignant is on HBO Max and Kate is on Netflix. Okay, let's get into talking about Why the Last Man, the first episode, the day before. We have quite the large cast in this movie. We have Diane Lane as Congressman Jennifer... uh, What's her name? Because his name is York Brown. Brown. Jennifer Brown. (laughs) Uh, Olivia Throby, which... Took me or Thurl, Thurlby. Uh, took me a while to recognize who she was, but I remember from um, Dread with Carl Urban. I don't know if anybody else watched that one. That's who yeah. she's. That's who she was. <laughs> I couldn't place her this whole time because she doesn't have the blonde hair. Right. Uh, Which then duh. brings me to Amber Tamblin, who does have blonde hair in this. It took me forever to realize who that was. <laughs> Travel sisters with the traveling pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marin Ireland, which was on Sneaky Pete. I don't know if anybody else watched that on, I want to say Hulu. Might have been Amazon Prime, but that was a good show. That sounds like, that sounds like a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> <laughs> it does. But it was yeah. a good show. It was, uh, Giovanni Ribisi on it. Uh, and then our main character, York Brown, is played by... Well, I don't even know if he's going to be considered... Well, he's the title character, I guess. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Ben <laughs> Schnetzer, Schnetzer. And... I saw him in Pride, which was about the Irish mining town that got behind um, gay rights because the gay rights activists got behind them boycotting like bad uh, working conditions in the mines. Mm-hmm. So like two unlikely groups coming together to, you know, make make a better life for both of them kind of thing. Just based which, on a real story? Yes. Based yeah. on a true story. Huh. So uh, it was a very good movie. Uh, this, as everybody has stated before, this is the first episode is all the setup for what it is that, um, happens in the world to make this a quote unquote dystopian future. Um, anybody read the comic book before this? Why the last man, which was created by Brian Kavon. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. So John, what were your impressions from the comic book? Um, this felt really different and I was very concerned because I'm like, this feels like a completely different animal. Um, basically the entire first episode is only like the first five pages of the graphic novel. That sounds right for how much content there actually is in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, and, and it's done differently too. Um, in this one, it feels like it comes in waves, like it starts to affect smaller animals first, and then eventually it starts to get all of the human population, the mm-hmm. male human population. Um, in the graphic novel, it happens like literally all around the world at the same time for everything. Interesting. Um, and they play it a lot more as far as the mystery as to like what exactly caused it, and I'm sure it's going to be the same in the show. Um but yeah, this one makes it feel like there's definitely some kind of pharmacological element to it or viral. But it's weird that it's attacking, like, it kind of seems like it's going, it's working its way up the chain of, Animals. like, yeah, yeah it, the way it's portrayed here. Um, aside from that, I 
does feel like it's kind of following the main ideas, which is, you know, once this happens, society kind of reaches a near point of collapse because there's a lot of positions that apparently are male dominated, like the entire country apparently? of Israel okay. goes dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because they, they don't have any women in the military, apparently, or in at least positions of power over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the part that I'm the most interested in to see how they portray the how society needs to adapt to that. Um, but I don't know, Yorick feels like more of a dumbass in this than he does in the comic book. Okay, maybe I'll try the comic book then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's definitely still a goof, but he's much more good-natured, I think. And this guy just seems like an all-around douche. He's a... He's a nice guy. And I hate him. So, John, uh, have you read all of the comic book? (laughs) Um, I have not read the conclusion. Well, no, let me rephrase that. I have read the whole thing, but there's like one book towards the end that I have not read where they kind of start to wrap up the reasons for things happening. Really? Because they didn't have that at the library when I was working there. I, ah, so I read like mm-hmm. books one, two, three, and five, I think is ultimately what I ended up going through. So this is a, a DC Comics uh, book, but not set in like the Superman Batman world of DC comics. Was it not a dark horse one before? Was it dark horse? I thought it was DC. Cause well, uh, was it no vertigo? I'm sorry. Vertigo. Vertigo, It was because vertigo is an imprint from DC. Correct. Or it was. Yeah. And then they just, uh, (laughs) so there you go. What is uh, your impressions of York that we have come? We've heard John and Jessica's, um, Honestly, I didn't. Yes, he blew up at Beth, but quite honestly, that's more just a factor of people not communicating well in relationships, and we see it happen all the time in both directions. So, I he seems like a goofball. He seems kind of a null set at this point for me. He just kind of exists, so I don't. I haven't become invested one way or the other with him. I worry with the rest of the female cast because they're clearly setting them, the majority of them up to be, you know, strong, independent women who are just going to take charge. And I get really tired of the tropes. So I'm interested to see if they can pull away from. I'm going to be see. I'm going to see. I'm going to be interested to see if they can show strength in ways other than the standard strong, independent woman strength that tends to be the trope in mm-hmm. this kind of you know. Oh, if we're going to have female leaders, they have to be hard asses. It's the only way they can be leaders. Yeah. Steven, uh, is the fact that York is a escape artist of sorts going to play any pertinence in the rest of the story with him? He'll do something in there. I don't think it'll be massive. And I think it might be a time when he's like, yeah, because I did this, like I can get out of this. Nope. Fuck that up. Yeah. <laughs> he's not very good. You know, yeah. Like the first episode. Uh, I, the, I'm trying to think of the best way to... I don't know. This will come up in later conversation as we go through it, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, I also, before 
watching the show. Uh, I only knew of the comic book peripherally. I didn't realize that the monkey was going to be a pet of York's. I just assumed it was another. It was because, as I understand, the monkey is male and he's male, and it's the yeah. only two males left in the country or in the world. Mm-hmm. That and we know yeah, that we've seen. Yeah. Right, but that's in the comic book. I I just thought it was that was it, and uh, I just assumed he had found the other male living species. Not so much that it's something that was in his build in his apartment building. So now, obviously, it's something more environmental instead of being something that is uh, genetic. I just always assumed it was something genetic in him that made him special that didn't die. It's uh, the ring. It's the Bedouin ring. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that that does I mean obviously because it affects everybody all the male humans at the exact well, same time well every, everyone because like, I think this is an important distinction to make here in this first episode because the show is making it about it it's ev- everyone who is um, who possesses the Y chromosome, y chromosome I'm sure yeah. they're going to deal with people who um, are like have different situations for this okay. uh, people who are transgender mm-hmm. and then also people who have like not the normal array of chromosomes Okay. You know, everyone who has the Y chromosome dies at the exact same moment, even if you're in a plane, which wouldn't have the same air at the same time as the people on the ground. Uh, It has to be something other than viral. It has to be. It it does also kind of go in a way because Israel calls freaking out and then the U.S. gets that call. Then they get hit. It, right, it, but after. like the, the, it couldn't travel across the globe that quick. Oh no, I agree with that one. Oh. I'm just saying it's it's not yeah. like like Thanos snapped his finger and it happened. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, what were you about to say? Well, it reminds me of another kind of dystopian, um, but it's an anime called Doctor Stone, in which everybody gets petrified at the same time. But it's like a green light that flashes through over Earth. And that seems to happen fairly quickly. Like it would hit Israel first and then hit the United States, but within minutes. Yeah. It's like the speed of light. The speed of light. Yeah. I had so, a, I, I, sorry, go ahead, John. Oh yeah. I was just going to make a note that in the graphic novel, when it begins, um, they're kind of showing you a timer that's counting down to when it actually happens. Okay. And you're, a lot of the characters are, you know, obviously of course off doing their own thing in different parts of the world. Agent uh, 355, is that her number? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's actually on a mission, I think, in Israel, as a matter of fact, when Ooh. this happens. Um, hmm. And some things happen, some things are told to her, and we're led to believe that that could have had something to do with what went on. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also all these other things. None of it seems like it could be related. There's another scene where a character is pregnant, and she's asking for a male colleague i guess um because she's a doctor or scientist of some kind and she's asking the a male colleague like hey i need you to help me deliver this baby is like, well we need to get to maternity i was like no no like i impregnated myself like this is technically like my clone of me that i'm gonna give birth to and the guy's like holy shit like that breaks so many like ethical <laughs> things like what the hell she's like yeah i know that's why i need your help because i can't make this public um and there's like a quotation, I think, that goes. So they basically play around. Like, could this be viral? Uh, could this be some kind of warfare weapon? Could this be biblical? They play Witchcraft. around with that idea. 
was mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe giving birth to yourself as a clone is like the seventh seal and the coming of the apocalypse or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it definitely does a lot of that. And characters are in different places already. The fight with Beth actually happens over the phone. She's already in Australia. Um, ah, and he wants, yeah. So, <laughs> so he's talking about how he wants to go see her in Australia, and she was like, "Really, that's not necessary." And that leads to the similar fight, but um, yeah, it doesn't happen in person. Huh. So, okay. going over some of the characters, uh, Diane Lang is a the congresswoman. She both of her kids, um, Hero and Yorick, uh, do not seem to have their lives together. Uh, York can't pay his own rent and Hero is sleeping with her paramedic partner who is married and has a child. That is and most ridiculous thing ever. court-ordered AA. Court-ordered AA, mm-hmm. which was a very interesting beginning meeting to hear that guy was very hard up. Um, yeah, she gets off quite easy for killing a her I was like, yeah. good, sexual partner. Good, good timing. Yeah. That, that, that wasn't what pissed me off. I mean, know me knows get out means get out, get out. But, <laughs> but um, the, the having sex in the back of the ambulance was, I just, I'm like, come on. I'm tired of these tropes within medical professions of them just always being horn dogs. I just hate it. Done with it. Don't like it. I want to know what, what are the hard. other as a person who's not taking a lot of medical dramas or anything. I do not know this trope in a well, big I mean, way. The whole setup for Grey's Anatomy. The whole setup for Grey's Anatomy. Everybody else and everything it, that's come out since Grey's Anatomy is <laughs> that way because Grey's Anatomy was so huge. Well, ER also had it too a bit, but it wasn't like sex because it was ER part. during the nineties. Yeah. But it was relationships. No, no one was trying to have sex with that man who got his arm cut off by the helicopter. I remember he was a butthole. <laughs> I don't remember that particular character. The, the redhead bald guy? The redheaded bald guy. Oh, there? I don't know. He's kind of a grump. Hey, anyway, that's, that's enough reminiscing about ER. Yeah, that's going to say the guy from Robocop that yeah. just hit with all the toxic ways. That makes sense. Toxic? That's a toxic Avenger. Close. Yeah. <laughs> that's basically uh, what would have happened to him in real life. Uh, Amber Tamlin as the daughter of POTUS, the president of the United States, and her mom boy, no, boy mom book, uh, having her press conference or book release conference about how boys are not being allowed to grow into men anymore. Like, obviously, they're setting it up for her because she has three young boys, and I assume all of them are going to pass here along with her father and her husband. What's the trajectory for her characters? Anybody got any uh, guesses or speculation? We, so the rest of us all watched three yeah, episodes? Yeah, we all watched three episodes. So, What do you think is the trajectory for this character, Mitch and Elizabeth? Yeah. I don't have anything. <laughs> oh, well, she's going to become angry first. Okay. She's going to be viciously angry, and it's all the feminist's fault. Um, and then she's going to be sad. And she's going to get exceptionally depressed. And then she's going to decide that only she can save the world. Okay. So, I mean, do you, it, do, 
I maybe the three of you already know this. Is Congressman Jennifer Brown like is she also Speaker of the House? Is she the next in line after the president and vice president for the presidency? She, she is not. She's, she's not. not. Okay. In the graphic novel, I think she was like the Secretary of Agriculture. State? Oh, agriculture. And just because of the line of succession, she was just the highest female up in that chain of command. Okay. So that might still be the way it is now. Uh, the, the end of that episode where they specifically deal with, uh, actually, well, I can't remember I what Nanny was. Remembering what's what and what was the end of what is hard. <laughs> so the end I'm of not going to say what was the end. <laughs> that is just uh, well, the end of the particular scene with the congresswoman in the Pentagon, Pentagon um, is her just kind of getting people to go somewhere like following secret service and saying, Hey, agent three, five, five is taking them downstairs into the basement bunker. No, there was, it was another lady, like military lady that was saying, Hey, get into the bunker. It was that she would have, I think that lady would have been the head general probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah, One of the joint chiefs. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) (laughs) She became the head of chain of command. Um, Now I got it. And then she does that talk to the, the girl, like, one of her put your mask on, yes, let's put go. Put your mask yeah. on, let's go. Um, <laughs> You're going to be okay, if we think. I don't know. <laughs> which was an interesting thing, because I brought this up to Elizabeth while we were watching the show. Uh, and I'll bring it up to you, Jessica. Mm-hmm. In the moments that of, of it all happening, would you be able to recognize that it was only the male or Y chromosome people in the room that were being killed? Yes. yes, I feel it. Like, well, with the amount of people that went down and the fact that none of them are women, I think all those people within that room would have been like, okay, all, all the Y chromosome people, maybe people by themselves might not recognize it, but, or like just yeah, with the f- smaller group of people, but they noticed it eventually, like after three or five minutes, but he was, yeah. at, he was thinking when you watch the first person go, the first three people go your first 30 seconds no the first three people as that type of character i probably definitely think it was just attack on a few people in the room and not just all the y chromosome until they all die but they all die within a minute a minute i mean it's all it's just it's basically a thanos snap but not to (laughs) my my best estimate was probably you're looking at 90 seconds to three minutes before you Register it because for those first 90 seconds, you're just in shock and trying to figure out, am I yeah. going to die? And then once yeah. you get over, I'm not going to die. Okay, yeah. who is dead? Yeah. Okay, yeah. now what's their common link? But those those things, I and I'm more thinking of for that group, that specific group of people, like for most of the people in that room would be trained how to go through shock quicker. So that and and have to think rapidly on their feet. I don't think is what I'm thinking, but even three, three, five. Congressional staff would be well, yeah, like, not the staff, but the staff are the ones that are the most confused through it, aren't they? Yeah, but I mean, the congressman's yeah. also yeah, and, it, and three, three, five seemed three, five, five, three, five, five um, didn't seem to notice at first because she was just focused on her training, which was the president. She must protect the president. president. So yeah. I think it would take a little bit to decide you need to assess the entire situation hmm. as opposed like to your limited scope. I the, part, 
I think yeah. three five five was there to do an assassination. I don't think she was. I think she was there threat. for something else. She was there yeah. for something else, but she never knew what it was, which is gonna never be answered. Because apparently, oh wait, no, never mind. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, it's okay to think that that would never be answered even from the events of the first yeah. episode i mean uh, we elizabeth and i were we're debating on whether what company or what organization Agency. 355 actually works for uh i don't know if you all already know the, the, she she does end up saying she, she does, yeah, she does saying, say okay. but it's just one of those it's unhelpful yeah it's, it's, <laughs> i'm a ghost organization that nobody knows about gotcha <laughs> It's the we have to budget you. You do. You just don't know you do. Like it's just, yeah. it's legit. I mean, it's that. funny that she goes into actually saving the president when when she's not actually say, uh, secret service. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah. I, yeah her... Go ahead. Go ahead, Stephen. Uh, that's what makes me believe that she's not there to like get rid of the president or anything. Mm-hmm. The only thing that they mention for. Um, four things is that there's a credible threat. They need her close to the president. And then she tries to save the president after he gets hurt in a time where he's clearly not just going to respond to some CPR or anything like that. That, that man just hemorrhaged everything. Every, yeah. So everybody I, had a brain hemorrhage at the same time, mm-hmm. but your, your training is what kicks in there. And yeah. that training is to keep the heart moving. Yeah. 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 to keep the heart moving until the yeah. medics or doctors. I just think come. like if, if if in that moment she had been there to um, possibly harm the president, because again, those other things are not connected. It's not that there's a credible threat to the president. We need you. The president is the one with the credible threat. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's a credible threat. We need you close to the president. It could be someone else entirely. Um, I, I don't know. There's just something about like, if that was any part of her job and then the president died, I feel like she would just like slink into a corner yeah mission accomplished (laughs) i'm that good which i want to say i loved the introduction to her character like that was great killing a whole bunch of which i suppose i assume is white supremacists like cool yeah uh anybody else that you'd like to talk about in uh, from this first episode because that is all we got is real character introduction uh for the characters oh the i don't know if she's we talked about this i don't know if she's chief of staff or just uh, the president's assistant because you would think she would have been in that room if she was his chief of staff she she is definitely part of the chief of staff's office okay i don't know that she is the chief of staff um but just with the close proximity and her ease at ordering other people around she's definitely highly ranked within the white house staff Mm -hmm. Uh, this yeah. is Nora. Nora, Nora. and we're, we're, our introduction to her is the president making her shoot a handgun, and she is obviously not comfortable with it. I feel like that's a we're going to show you her not being comfortable with a gun, and then she's going to learn to become this she's, she's, gun-toting badass kind of thing. She's going to be the Carol of the show, elite sniper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but that's no. I think that's I think that's where they're going with her character, which is part of that irritation that I have and the hesitancy about the tropes, because she, so far she's the only one that I felt really represented like a working mom, <laughs> and how you know having to call the party supply place while being on the job and trying to juggle twelve <laughs> things and being up till four in the mm-hmm. morning with your four year old 
climbing into bed. Like, yeah. There's obviously a bunch of different concerns and stuff um, that everyone has and the things that are important to them. The part where she got so mad about the Paw Patrol thing, <laughs> and, like, I don't know if it's just me in my experience <laughs> as a kid. If someone already got me a bouncy house, I don't care if it's blue and has the dog from Paw Patrol on it when the rest uh-huh. of Ninja Turtles. I got a bouncy house. I don't look at the outside. I'm going to bounce. Bounce. <laughs> I got a freaking brinca brinca. Like, it's good. Yeah, but the difference between Paw Patrol and Ninja Turtles is quite the age, it's I would think. 100%. He's four. Oh, I He's guess. He's target demographic for, for Paw Patrol. He is yeah. target demographic for Paw Patrol. Yeah, I think it is it is not the upset. So I think the difference is, is she is not... The kid's not going to be upset. If the kid got mm-hmm. Paw Patrol bouncy house, kid's not going to care. But as a working mom who feels like you aren't around for your kids enough, which we see in the scene when mm-hmm. daughter calls for dad, not for mom, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, there's this one thing I can do. I can get the birthday party right. Yeah. I can get the birthday party right. And then it gets screwed up, quote unquote, screwed up. Now you feel like you're failing more as a mom. Yeah. I understand that one. I just – my, I have an eternal issue with how people do kids' parties. <laughs> it ends up being about the parents, not the kids. As mean. Uh, yeah. So, anything else anybody would like to bring up? <laughs> it's fair because the the three of you are further along than the two of us. Well, I, I only watched the first episode. I confirmed with you last night. We're only oh. doing the first one, right? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, so there you go. How did I miss that? <laughs> and you know, it is a good couple episodes. So I'm glad I got them under my belt. It's going to be an easy next couple weeks, and I'll have more weeks watches because I have all this free time now. There you go. Uh, good. Can you share some of those weeks watches with me? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's gonna go well. <laughs> that's really good because you also need to catch up on Enter the Void. I do. I need. I have so many of those things that I do need to watch. That's true. <laughs> Uh, if you have an opinion on this show or anything else that I mentioned during the episode, please reach out to me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M, G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. Stephen, where can people find you if they want? I'm, I'm not on the, the socials right now, but I was, however, on an episode of Jukebox Vertigo this week. We talked about uh, emo bands. Yeah. Yeah. John? I'm on Twitter. I'm at Magic Bollocks. Jessica? You can find me on Twitter as JM Bailey Writes. And Elizabeth? You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Check out our website, geekleetmedia.com, for archives of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. Please, whatever podcast you use to listen to us, please rate and review us because it helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to... Geek Geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast.